The presenting sponsor of Moon Tower Soccer is FVF Law. To find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm, you can visit FVF.law. Hello, friends. Thanks for listening to Moon Tower Soccer. This week, we have a very exciting interview with Brad Stuver. We're, we're continuing Stuver Week here on the Moon Tower Soccer channel. We also have an interview with Taylor Twelman. So lots of stars on this week's show. He's going to come on and help us preview the LAFC match. And then we're also going to talk about some Austin FC news and then talk about the most recent Austin FC 2 match. My name is Landon Cottom, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Jeremiah Bentley. Hey, everybody. I'm Jeremiah Bentley, and I'm, I'm happy to announce that after weeks of teasing the fact that we're going to have some new Patreon stuff and some merch, like the day has arrived and it's all here. You want to go over some highlights, Landon? Yeah, so we have it all live. You can go to the website now. We'll, we'll tell you where to go and what you'll get here in a little bit. But um, just to give you an idea of like what this means to us. So we we are an independent podcast. We, we're affiliated with The Striker. Uh, that's been a really great relationship, but that relationship is strictly strategic and promotional, essentially. It's not a financial relationship. And so we have costs that are involved in upkeeping this podcast. We have to pay for a hosting site. The more content we post, the more we have to pay for it, actually. And so um, we have equipment costs, so microphones, recording equipment, um, may need to buy new computers at some point. We've been doing this show long enough to where that's going to be a going concern. Uh, and then also editing software, the Y Scout account, our Zoom account that we use, it all, it all kind of adds up to... It, it turns into an expensive hobby pretty quickly. And so the the Patreon subscribers, it gives us it also gives us this capital to buy merch that we then sell. Like if we didn't have any money coming in, it'd be hard to say, like, okay, we're gonna front how many hundreds or thousands of dollars to buy all this merch. But because we have kind of this this little windfall, we can we can do that without really thinking about it too much. Um, we also spend a lot of time making this show what it is. So we both have full-time jobs. We both have families and lives outside of soccer. So that extra support makes it a lot easier for us to make that, that commitment. And then also because you support us, we have a commitment to you to continue putting out good content and do that extra work, even when it feels hard or we don't really feel like doing it. Yeah. I think it's probably the biggest point for me uh, on that one is that there are times when I do not want to go back and watch a match again and like take extensive <laughs> notes on it after being there because things have not turned out amazingly. But, you know, it's just sort of that support and commitment and this feeling of community that that leads me to want to continue doing that. Um, and also with that, you know, we know that not everybody's in a position to support financially. So if you can't do that, you can always help us out by telling a friend, leaving a review or continuing to listen. Uh, and we'll have later on, I think at the end of the show, we'll have an update on how many of y'all left us reviews, which are all delightful. Um, and interesting and will lead to giving lead to us giving some money to the laundry project too. Yeah. So we will talk a little bit more about um about our Patreon and what the rewards are gonna be for this year here in a little bit. But first, let's get into some Austin FC news, Jeremiah. Yeah, let's do it. So I think we first this is one of those things I think that probably came out right after we recorded, or I feel like maybe maybe I'm just like biased to think that is true. But we had a rumor from Kevin Jimenez. On uh, it's a Costa Rican reporter, I believe, that Julio Cascante was going to get a new contract until 2025 with an option through 2026. Um, and I don't think we did we see anything else about this, and do we believe that this report's terribly credible? I was digging through Twitter uh earlier today to see if anything else had come up, did some Google searches as well. I haven't seen anything else besides this report. That being said, 
Kevin Jimenez does seem to be, I think he has 17,000 Twitter followers, seems to be a legit reporter. So I, I don't know his his whole resume, but the report seems at least mostly credible. It, it's worth noting, I saw a lot of people mentioning this did get posted on March 31st. And so they were maybe thinking it was an elaborate <laughs> April Fool's joke or something like that. It doesn't seem like that to me. I think at worst, it's... Um, the guy's just wrong. Maybe heard they're in talks and maybe it's not there yet, but it does seem legit to me. Uh, how do we feel about Julio Cascante extension? Well, I think the tenor is probably very different among the general fan base after the injury than before. I think <laughs> yeah. the, the Cascante doubters in the past are probably very happy to have him there, but I feel good with it. I mean, the guy is this, whether he continues to be your first choice starter or not, it is the solid depth that you can count on that every MLS team with ambition should have. And we've seen, I think, through the uh, other options that we've had since he went out, what can happen if you don't make that kind of investment in a rotational starter at best. So, like, yeah, I'd say bring it on. I mean, and he's not he's not a speed demon anyhow right now, right? So I'm not too worried about the fact that two more years are going to age him a lot. Like, he is who he is, and people seems talk, all upside. Also talk about Cascante like he's an old man. He's 29 years old. I think he came here and he was 27 or 28, something like that. And so he's not old. And for center backs, like 31 is not that old. Yeah. So What's, he's Aaron Long age right now. Is that correct? Yeah, I think Aaron so. 29. Yeah, around there. Not not much older if he is. But uh, yeah, this seems to be kind of along the trend of Austin FC trying to lock in this core of players with John Gallagher, Diego Fagundes, Sebastian Giussi, Julio Cascante, all these guys who maybe don't not all I know Drusi is is a game changer but some of these guys like Gallagher doesn't necessarily say like okay these are going to be like this team's going to be a powerhouse for the next five years but it sets a floor to where like okay if we know we have a guy like John Gallagher on our roster three years from now like that puts us in a pretty good place probably and I think Cascante can be filed under that category where does this mean like oh we're going to be amazing until Cascante's contract is over no but like whatever you think of cascante he has a decent floor as an mls defender and so i i think it does it does kind of track with with these recent moves yeah and well so we've also got a little bit of an update on another center back this is alexander radovanovich uh josh wolf i believe his media availability during this past week talked about when we might see him and i feel pretty optimistic about it he says there's factors beyond the team's control you know, that being the government and i feel like we went into those possible issues, but the Austin hopes to have him here in Austin next week. So, which is this week, next as, week, this week, said right? That. Yeah. So we still have not heard any, any news or rumors of when he's going to get here, but hopefully Wolf is right. And we can get him in this week, which would maybe put him on track to, to play against, uh, maybe a couple of weeks from now, three weeks from now. I think the galaxy game would fall in that week. Yeah. The galaxy game would, would be that one. And that seems to be, Probably the the best, and that, that would also be the one that lines up with with what we talked about um, with how long it took for Gabrielson and Vicen to go from signing to playing, as if if he was here in time for the Galaxy match. So that would be better, I think, than people probably thought. And um, the upcoming schedule is going to be tough, but relief may be on the way sooner than we thought it might be. Um, we started to talk about this last week and ended up kind of running out of time, but. Austin FC has two teams playing in the Generation Adidas Cup, which is big youth soccer tournament. All the MLS teams, plus a, a lot of really high-level international teams, have come in. 
And so the U15s won their group and beat some international competition. I think, was it, do you remember? I, I'm getting the two groups mixed up now, but they played like Club America and uh, like some some big time European and South American and Latin American teams were in these groups and playing and Austin FC was competing with these guys. So the U15s won their group. They'll play in the playoff round starting on April 5th. And then the U17s, I think they went into two penalty shootouts and lost two of them. So they won one and then lost two in penalty shootouts. And so they will not go through the playoffs, but we'll still have what they're calling a showcase game, just kind of like a consolation round so that you guys can get some more, essentially another game against some good competition, which is which is great too. Um, it'll be, yeah, very cool to see if, if, uh, if the youth teams can continue to compete against these really high level academies from all over the world. I think it, it says a lot about MLS's progression as a developing league. And I know like one-off games, I don't, don't think say much, but as a body of work, how well these MLS teams have done against this international competition, I think does mean something. Yeah. So it was Club, Club America was the one that was in the U15 uh, group and actually Club America lost all three matches, which I think oh, wow. says to your point, like, so the Revolution, the Crew, and Austin FC um, all beat Club America. So maybe that shows like how the academy system is developing here. And so they will. So the U15s, we don't know who they're going to play. The bracket's not out yet, but they will. Uh, bracket play starts on the fifth, so that'll be on Wednesday, which is probably in the past for many of you, but also in the future for some of you. And um, can you watch? You can watch this online. Well, some of them. I think the playoff oh, matches that's will be will the be streamed. Matches. I think all of them will. I'm not sure about that, but they've kind of been selecting certain ones to be streamed. I'm not sure if all of them, and we don't know exactly what time this game is going to be. But uh, keep keep watching on uh, MLS Next socials and stuff like that, and I'm sure they'll post it whenever they have that schedule out. Yeah, and if you listen to what is it, extra time? Who's it? It's like a Doyle. This is like his greatest. Isn't it like his favorite time of the year? No, David Goss. Oh, is it David Goss? That's David Goss is actually doing the broadcast on on these games, and he, he does a, a great job. He did it last year as well, but I think he does an excellent job, and he's like really, really invested in youth soccer and really likes doing that kind of work. That's cool, and I like David Goss a lot. We should probably have him on sometime. I think he's one of the of the writers and media personalities that we have talked about having on. I think he's like the like my leading choice for the one that we haven't had the show yet that we should talk to. Yeah, agreed. We should do that. Um, Jeremiah, you want to talk about GAM for a little bit? Always. Always want to talk about GAM. Uh, <laughs> there was a good, I think, like, there was a good Total Soccer show last week where they talked in, in depth about GAM again. I think, I think that's what it was um, with uh, Joe Lowry. But yes, Austin last week acquired 75,000 in 2023 GAM and 75,000 in 2024 GAM in exchange for a 2023 international roster slot. Do we have any idea what Austin's going to do with any of that gam? No clue. They may have already done something with it, honestly. They, like, they may need it, right? That, that yeah. is very true. Anytime something like this happens, there's always questions flying around, like how much allocation money do we have? Do we have enough to do something cool with it? And like the answer is like, it may already be spent. We may have a stockpile of it. We There is zero visibility into any of this. We will. We can't know now. We will never know in the future. <laughs> And so like, we really just have to wait and see like if something else happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, maybe this money has already been spent on something else. Yeah. I think the, I haven't updated my my roster spreadsheet, but I think the, the newsier bit is if Austin's trading, it's way a 2023 slot. I don't know that Austin has any more 2023 
international slots. Like I would not expect Austin to sign an international player during the summer window. Not that I was really counting on it anyhow, but just if you're looking for that as an avenue for Austin to to do something with Radovanovic coming in, I don't believe that we have another one available. So did we have two free slots and Radovanovic is taking one and then we sold the other one? I believe I thought that was I thought that was the case. I thought we had two and like now we're out. Yeah, I don't know. My my advice is don't worry too much about it. <laughs> yeah, true. Because if we need one, we could probably trade 75,000 in 2023 game and 75,000 in 2024 game and pick another one up from somebody else that has well, a spare. Yeah, I mean, Austin FC should worry about it. I meant like as an Austin FC fan, oh, don't worry too yeah, much yeah, about don't it. Don't worry too much about it. I agree with that. <laughs> Uh, let's jump into the Austin FC two match. Where uh, I think we should start using this, the Austin F FCto. FCto. I like FCto. It's the nickname that I yeah I, I've taken quite a liking to that one. So I think I'm going to start using that one on the show. But they lost, uh, not lost. They they drew against Sporting Kansas City the other day. Um, the way that they're doing points this year is when you draw, each team gets a point, but MLS next pro games cannot end in a draw. And so therefore you go to a penalty shootout and the winner gets an extra point. And so a, a draw ends up with the penalty shootout. The winner gets two points. The loser gets one point, which I think is kind of an interesting way to do it, especially on this level where um, like the uh, travel budgets and the, as far as the competition goes, like I think the stakes are a little bit lower. And so why not do something interesting like this where there's always a winner? I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And, and then, yeah, going straight to PKs with that. And then we saw their first, like, uh, I don't remember what this rule is, but was it if a player's down for more than 15 seconds, they have to leave the field? For, um, they, they have to... For three minutes, I think? Yeah, they have to. So if it's, like, down for more than 15 seconds and need, like, medical treatment or, or attention, they have to leave the field and have to stay off for three minutes, which, again, I love Unless this Unless they're rule. subbed I'm, off. Unless yeah. they're subbed off, yeah. But, like, in Austin had a guy go down late who was very clearly... um injured and so that that's when the substitution came in but i think yeah it seems to be a really good rule yeah so uh kansas city scored in the 67th minute and then uh alfonso campo chavez got the equalizer with a header in the 72nd minute went to penalties they lost four to two they had uh two teenagers miss penalties i think micah was it micah burton did, did no he didn't take one it was he cj fodre and Fodre missed one yep and Steve Louis Jean. So a 19 year old and 18 year old were the ones who missed the penalties. Uh, and then Kansas City didn't miss any of them. So, uh, or maybe they missed, I can't remember. Anyway, they, they, ended, up, any of them. they ended up winning it. So uh, I think one thing notable about this game is that Micah Burton got his first start for Austin FC. So I, I, I was, wasn't free to turn it on until halftime. They are not allowing reviewing of these games for whatever reason but just asking around to a few people who i knew did watch it they all said that michael burton looked a little bit out of his depth in this game one thing i would say about anybody who's concerned about that is that like micah just turned 17 he's a very very good 17 year old soccer player and is very very good when he plays against other 17 year olds but this is his first game, essentially, playing against grown men. He's going to need some time to settle in. Um, I don't think there's any any need for concern at this moment. He'll get some more minutes. He'll get some more time. He'll get stronger and older and more experienced. And I think maybe even by the end of this season, 
like could be a really good player in this league and maybe force his way into a first team contract. But yeah, I, I don't think his first ever professional match is any reason for, for concern if he didn't play lights out in that one. Yeah, there's the thing we talked about last week uh, that was very clear. I'm watching the broadcast this week. It's like these are generally like grown men like playing professional soccer for a living. And there's not a lot of, uh, you know, there's not a lot of space for academy kids. And like he was, he was definitely the so- look like the size of like wh- who he is, right? And what he is, you know, especially like kept Keller's on the field, you know, against him, who's like, or not against him, but on the same, on the same squad. And like you can very, definitely tell the difference. Um, one note I have here is the broadcast quality was not amazing. Yeah, not up to the Apple TV standards for sure. And then like the weird ambient audio is also way different from an MLS game. I think for different reasons, just because it's like, it seemed to be just a bunch of children playing in the stands and maybe it was yeah. a squeaky swing set at some point. Uh, and then the camera was also a little bit blurry and a little bit slow to track a little bit the behind. Ball. Yeah. Um, my, my, my favorite part is like because this audio was like really down, I had turned the sub the uh, captions on, and every time that uh, Matsafero touched the ball, it was Matso M A T S O Pharaoh, as in like an Egyptian emperor <laughs> was how they had his name on the broadcast. So the, so, the Egyptian emperor of soup balls. Yes. So if if he ever <laughs> if he ever makes the first team, I feel like we need something about him being a pharaoh now that we've we've. Seen <laughs> Uh, all right. Any other news before we move on to our interviews, Jeremiah? No, let's go. Yeah, let's no. Yeah, no, no more news. <laughs> let's go ahead and get ready for the interview. All right. So the first interview we have coming up is going to be with Taylor Trollman. He's going to help us preview the LAFC match. And then after that, we're going to have a pretty long interview with Brad Stuver. Um, this is continuing Stuver week here in the channel. Swoon Tower had his parents on on a show that published on Saturday. So if you haven't listened to that yet. Go back and check it out. Uh, before we take a break, we would like to talk a little bit more about the Patreon rewards. So the way we're going to do this is I know we've had some folks who have been supporting us for a long time. We have some new folks who will probably start supporting us now. Um, I know some like public radio drives, some like podcast networks, they'll do it. If you upgrade or become a new member, then you'll get a reward. We kind of want to reward people who have been supporting us all this time. And so anybody who is within one of these tiers will get rewards. And so if you were a $5 reward level last year, we're going to send you that reward again this year. And so we'll essentially here, whenever we get all of the the merchandise in-house and can start sending it out, we'll check who's at this level and we'll send you that level's rewards. So that's kind of how it's going to work. What we're sending out this year, we can kind of go through the levels real quick. Uh, the $2 level is essentially just like a tip jar, a way to support us at minimal cost. Uh, you'll still get access to patri- patron-only posts where we post bonus content. We'll ask for input on the show. We also ask for questions. And so you're going to hear the Brad Stuver interview is almost entirely questions from our Patreon subscribers. And so even the $2 level, you get access to all of that. Um, the next couple of levels will stack. And so for $5 a month, you get that access plus a Moon Tower soccer patch, which was made here in Austin by Odd Colored Sheep, Claire and Cheryl, who have been doing some really cool work with embroidered patches. These things look beautiful. If you have a cutoff jacket, uh, a bag, anything you want to stitch it onto, or it just kind of looks cool pinned up onto a, a board or just like leaning against something, you can use that. Uh, the $10 level, you'll get 
access to the Patreon account, you'll get the patch and you'll also get a Moon Tower Soccer scarf, which we just got our our kind of like final mock-up draft yesterday and we're really excited about it. We have a picture of that up on the Patreon account. And then we have a super special extra level this year, which is a Swoon Tower Soccer level. And what, and what name did you give that? Uh, I think right now it's named the Swoon Tower Patron of Our Jersey level, but I'm still considering changing it to the Rodney Redes level because our others are named uh, like Supporter, Starting Eleven, Captain, and then in honor of Stephanie Craniola, we're going to name that one the Rodney Redes level. I haven't gotten the the sign off on them yet, so right now it's the Swoon Tower Patron of Our Jersey level. But with that one, you'll get access to all the patreon stuff you also get a swoon tower soccer patch and a moon tower soccer patch in that level so um like we said if we know everyone's not going to be able to support us financially at this moment that's fine if if that's not in the cards for you right now don't worry about it if you can tell a friend leave us a review or even just just keep listening that's enough if you do have a few dollars laying around and can support us if this is worth um, a dollar or even like a quarter a show to you, then we would really, really appreciate it if you go to patreon.com slash Moontower Soccer. We'll also have a link in the show notes, a link on the website where you can go and see pictures of all of the, the rewards and sign up for it there. But yeah, like we said, it goes a long way for us. It helps us out a lot. And we really, really appreciate all the support that uh, that folks have given us over the last year. Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by our friends at FVF Law, the official injury lawyers of Austin FC. FVF is a different kind of personal injury law firm dedicated to community, transparency, and client education. And I saw on Instagram that they have their own podcast. Well, I knew that, but they're producing new episodes of their podcast, Summary Judgment. They recently recorded them, and they will hit your podcast feed soon. It's not an Austin FC podcast, is it? It is not. It is a personal injury podcast and FVF podcast. We don't need the competition. Right, exactly. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, you can go to FVF.law to find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm and why understanding your legal options can dramatically change the outcome of a case. Once again, that's FVF.law. We're also brought to you by Amplify Credit Union. Amplify Credit Union was formed in 1967 by 10 Austin-based IBM employees. It's a member-owned financial cooperative that served the needs of Central Texans for over five decades. Amplify's team lives and works in the communities they serve, making them the experts on how members can achieve their personal and professional financial goals. What makes Amplify different? There are no bank fees. Amplify is the first financial institution in Texas to put an end to bank fees. Landon, did you know, I mean, before I wrote this into the script, so obviously you know since you're reading this, that Americans paid almost $8 billion in overdraft fees alone last year. I think I paid, well, not last year, but I paid quite a few of those in college. I did too. Maybe eight billion. Maybe not eight billion, but a lot. Me too. Yeah. And they came in little pieces of paper back when they used to mail overdraft notices. <laughs> Painful. Millennials pay an average of $336 a year in bank fees, which works out to six Austin FC game tickets per person per year. You'll pay none of those bank fees with Amplify Credit Union. Learn to trust your bank again at Amplify Credit Union. To learn more, go to www.goamplify.com slash moontower. 
All right. Our guest today is a, uh, had a distinguished career as a player that became a large figure in the American soccer media landscape and is now an analyst for MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. Taylor, thanks so much for joining us, man. Yeah, what's going on, boys? How are you? Doing well. Um, where where do you live these days? Uh, I'm still in Boston. Uh, they they can't get rid of me. I've tried to get rid of Boston, but Boston can't get rid of me. So uh, yeah, I'm still in Boston. So you got a long flight out to LA uh, coming up here soon. Yeah, I mean, Landon, it's real simple. Pretty much since I've taken uh, the Apple job, I've made 12 trips. 11 of those have been to the state of California. <laughs> <laughs> so are you fi- finding some favorite spots out there then i would hope somewhere no jeremiah i've been doing this for a while now but what is it my 14th 15th year doing this and whatever it is it's the la trip that uh the national broadcasters love so uh i know my spots but thankfully i don't have to pay california state tax just yet <laughs> So you've been pretty outspoken about how good you think this Apple TV deal will be for for MLS and for American soccer. What has the experience been like for you so far? I mean, listen, it, it, it's um, it's been a project that literally started six months ago. So uh, everyone's expectations, I think, that knows what uh, Major League Soccer and Apple are trying to pull off. Um, and so Rome isn't built in a day, right? So we're excited that we're off and running. Uh, we've got a good foundation. Can we grow and improve? Absolutely. It's not even a debate. Um, but it's just the fact that Major League Soccer and its project with Apple, they pulled it off and, you know, just over six months is quite an accomplishment. And that's something everyone on the outside probably doesn't need to hear about. But for those of us on the inside, I think we're appreciative of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to pull off. But this is a 10 year project and it's 10 years where Apple and major league soccer are aligned with their energy, with their resources and with their aspirations. And so, like I said, 20 seconds ago, Rome wasn't built in the day. There's a good foundation, but I'm more excited about where this thing's going to go. Yeah. Can you expand on that a little bit? Cause you, I, you had your choice of, you could broadcast soccer wherever. And clearly you're pretty in and pretty big on this Apple this Apple deal, like what was it that appealed to you about it? Uh, the fact that Jeremiah, it, it was all MLS. It was about Major League Soccer. It was about growing the league. It was about doing whatever it could to grow it. Listen, you have to tip your cap to what ESPN did for 27 years. This league wouldn't be in this spot if it wasn't for ESPN and its belief in the American game. And for 20 some odd years, it was Fox. And for about two and a half to three years, that was NBC. The linear partners took it as far as it could go. But you guys, you guys see the the local sports TV landscape is ever changing right now. I mean, Bally Sports is following bankruptcy. And so you needed to find a way to go about and find a platform and more so a partner that was going to let you be you. Jeremiah, that, that's what sold me on it. It's not you're waiting for your previous game or programming. You're always apologizing for trying to sneak it in, for trying to sneak in your love for the game and your love for the league. And so Apple came in and basically said on with a blank piece of paper, how can we help you? How can we grow this thing? And there's going to be changes. There's going to be things they thought that would work that they're not going to work and things that they thought were going to be great and they're even better. So I'm just excited that there's an opportunity, uh, an opportunity, excuse me, to really grow the thing 
with the same energy that the owners want to have. You guys are in Austin. You guys are in Austin podcast, Anthony Precord and the Board of Governors. They want to take it to another level and they want to be ready when the World Cup comes here in 2026. I think Apple allows them to do so. All right, well, let's jump into previewing this uh, this game between LAFC and Austin on Saturday. So LAFC has a really deep team this year. They, they lost a couple of guys like Chicho Arango, Gareth Bale, uh, but brought in some some seemingly so far great depth pieces and some other guys who have been starting for them. Uh, Palencia has been starting at fullback. Uh, Buke, who's been getting some time on that front line. And then Timothy Tillman has been playing really well in his minutes so far. Mm-hmm. And th- not to mention Aaron Long, one of the <laughs> one of the best defenders in the last several years in MLS is, is now on an already stacked team. So they've got this CCL game midweek against Vancouver. And it's a really congested string of string of games in this in, in this part of the schedule for them right now. Does that matter for this LAFC team? Does that actually hurt them? Or are they deep enough to just be able to weather it all? I think they're deeper than I thought they would be. Um, and the fact that they're still making a signing here or there that makes them even deeper. How the heck they pulled off a player from Leeds United for just around a million dollars is remarkable. Um I think playing on turf in Vancouver may impact this team a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see what lineup that Steve Terundolo looks at and says, you know what, this is good enough to get a result in Vancouver on turf. And then I've got these players prepared for Austin coming into the home. I I don't think, listen, they've had some tired legs. They've looked a little tired. I just recently did them at Seattle. I thought the second half in Colorado was a little heavy-legged. Now, that could be altitude. That could be also the games. Listen, historically, we've seen CONCACAF Champions League congestion early in the season. It it, it hinders teams. Now, I don't know if it's going to hinder LAFC now, but I do. Be- it, it does beg the question whether or not it's going to hinder them later. I just think this Saturday night, I don't know, guys. I, I think if you're Austin, you got to be very, very careful because this team right now is two players deep in every position, and you can make an argument two players deep that would start on any other team. Yeah, it's amazing how they managed to to build that kind of depth. So I want to talk about the Austin side of it a little bit. Since in, I think no surprise, a bit of an offensive funk um, to date. So you know, drawing upon your experience as an attacking player, I believe was what over, with over 100 goals in Major League Soccer, I think. Um, what kind of things to can lead to a situation where like there's a lot of weapons and they don't just seem to be able to connect? Like what leads to that and what what's the path out of that? That's a good question, Jeremiah. Honestly, I said this when they signed him. Um, and it's less about him and it's more about Jerusi, but I wasn't totally sure about Jazzy Zardas. I wasn't. And, and the reason why is Jerusi plays in the 10 position, but he's not a 10. He's not. He is a He's not a playmaker, but he makes plays. And I know people listening are going, is Taylor drunk right now? I know. My uh, point Austin, is, Austin fans will know exactly what you're talking about, though. You you know what I'm talking about, though. There is He almost plays as a withdraw, like a false nine, a withdrawn set of four. That's why Aruti really worked well with him, I think, for a majority of last year. Because Aruti's running around with his head cut off, and Driussi could find his spots. Zardes and Driussi, when I watch Austin from afar, guys, they're often in the same spots. They're often drawing defenders in the same positions when the ball gets wide. Now, I understand Josh Wolf 
coming from where he came from and as an assistant coach with Greg Berhalter, seeing what they did with Kai Kamara, with Iguain underneath, I just think Federico Iguain and Drewsi are different players. I'm not saying it's not going to work, but I'm not surprised that it's not working, Jeremiah, because I just find that both players in the key critical moments that you saw last year, Austin finished those off. They're often in the same spots. Now, in saying that, I think the bigger concern is Gabrielson being gone, arguably one of the top three best defenders last year. I, I, I think that's a huge miss. I think it's a huge miss, and they haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, I, th- I don't know how much you've gotten to see of Leo Weissenden yet, but I I think a bunch of people in Austin think Weissenden's the real deal. We were missing him last week to international duty. Cascante goes down in the first game, and so uh, him and Ring have kind of been holding it together with with tape and string back there for the last few games. But um, I think Weissenden will be the real deal, but with losing Gabrielson and not it being both of them or having all three of those guys, well, it's, it's, it's a sideways move, it seems. Yeah, and to your point, there's also injuries. You're playing ring as a center back, right? So you're you're playing players out of position right now to fill the gaps. Um, I, I agree with you. I'm not saying he's not that. I just think Gabrielson was the real deal. So when you don't replace him, and okay, you replace him, but I, I still think the jury's out. Austin fans are going to tell me, no, 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 we've seen enough. He's going to be the real deal. I don't know. I mean, what are you, five games in? We still don't know that. But the bigger concern, 100%, is scoring goals. And, and and I don't think that's Zardes' fault. I just think the Zardes and Driussi combination, it seems a little stagnant. So looking back to, I guess, last week, the Colorado game versus LAFC, and then also Austin's win last May away to, to LA, one, one commonality between these two games is – they seem to be kind of compressing the midfield, trying to take time and touches away from mm-hmm. Ilya Sanchez. Um, I know Austin last, I went back and watched a little bit of that game today. Austin was playing a pretty high line, but then also not pressing as much as they normally mm-hmm. do. So it was just a really compact block for, for LA to play through and almost kind of daring them to try to play it over, over the top and see, see if they could beat them that way. Like, I could see them doing that again this year, but is there a way you think Austin should be approaching this game in order to try to slow down or to, to stymie a really strong LAFC team? I'd be careful with that this year. And the reason why is Christian Arango was not going to outrun you in the seams. He was more of a fox in the box. He was more get on the end of things. Bawanga can flat out run. Bawanga's quick. Bawanga's actually not someone that wants to be up in the buildup and have to deal with that. So if you ask the question of LAFC, do you want to play a little direct? They can now with a Poku and Bolonga if that's who's in the lineup. Now, we don't know that because of the CONCACAF Champions League game. Um, I did the playoff game at LAFC last season, uh, and that was a real struggle. I just, when I look at it, I don't know if you want to do that. I've always been of the mindset, Landon. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a high line, why would you not press? Because my question is, you're gonna have a high line, but then if you're gonna allow players to kind of like pick up their heads, figure out the runs, that's the last thing I want if I'm playing LAFC. 
Because you got diagonals coming in behind. You've now got a nine that can run in the seams, run in the channels. I think Tillman gives them way more quality than Latif Blessing had last year in that position. So Fuentes is in the doghouse as we speak, right? So like, there's just a lot of different profiles, but all of the athletic hype on LAFC, if I'm going to play a high line, I'm going to get stuck in. I'm going to try to make the game a little ugly. I don't want them to be to have the ability to play direct with time, space, and the ability to pick a pass. I'm not sure I want to do that. Yeah, I, I, I think you could argue like the alternative to that is opening up your midfield a little bit. And Austin, without Alex Ring in that midfield, they don't have a super strong defensive presence in there. And so, like, I think you okay, you press and maybe you win some stuff there and put some pressure on that back line, but then you're opening up yourself to have. Ilya you and, are, but, and but, but yeah, it's a great point, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but look at what St. Louis City did. Okay, so the difference is if you have 10 field players that are all on the same page and they press in the right moments, you actually make up for the lack of quality in certain areas. And so if all three in the midfield are aligned with your back four or three, whatever it may be, but if you're all aligned at the same time and your positions are taken up in the right spots – you don't need to have the individual ability like you're saying with Alex Ring not being in there. Landon, if you're collectively on the same page, you can make up for that deficit. Now, yeah, it's the a question little is, against the DNA. Exactly. <laughs> the question is, can exactly. Austin do that? And like, I don't know that many Austin FC fans would, would say that we're great at that at this moment. No, so. I, I actually think it's more beneficial to them to sit in mid, mid to low block. If you want to get into the tactics with them, I, I'm not sure I want to play a high line if I'm Austin. I'm not sure I do. Again, against LAFC, I'm not totally sure. Now, in saying that, as I'm thinking this through, but what if the Vancouver game is a really hard, nasty type of game that takes a lot of energy out of you? Yeah. Then that's different, right? So now you got it. And then you look at the 11s and you see if there's any similarities. Maybe there's tired legs. I don't know. Maybe if you run them into the ground the first 45, the second half works on your in your behalf. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what what they end up doing. I'll I'll keep it in the midfield. So like I feel like for Austin fans, like Owen Wolf has been a pleasant surprise so far this year. I don't think anybody really thought that he was going to be what he's seen. You know, and he he was he was out with the, the youth national team. Like in your setup, do you bring him back in and play him, you know, play him straight back in and you get the ball progression out of him? Or do you play like a guy like Gohan Valencia, who you know is like probably more defensively solid, but also offers you nothing going forward? Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's scary for me since I know I've known Josh Wolf since he was 16, how eerily similar <laughs> Owen plays like him. It makes me want to throw up how old I am. <laughs> I, it's a good one. You know, honestly, I've done probably four. I would have to look at my notes, but for the sake of the conversation, I've probably done four or five of Valencia's games. And I'm I'm left shrugging my shoulders. For those of you not at home just listening and can't see me, I shrug my shoulders on it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't see a ton of destroyer in him the way I thought you would. Um, yeah, you, know, look, look, you guys tell me, compare him to last year to Felipe. At least you saw Felipe when he was on the field. At least you felt Felipe's presence better for better or worse. Yeah. I, I think like Valencia doesn't really make mistakes. He's in, he's in good spots defensively. He's not like, he's not Diego Chara. Who's gonna 
like be flying around everywhere and killing guys all the place. He doesn't play like that, but he is in good spots defensively, wins balls, plays clean passes, receives the ball well, turns and plays, but it's always, it's sideways six yards, it's backwards. He's never splitting lines. He's never dribbling around someone. And these are the things no, so that Owen to, Wolf has been really good at this season. So I was just going to say, right? So to, the, you just answered my my That's my answer for Jeremiah. Then the answer is Owen Wolf because if you're not getting, see for me, I and I did LA Seattle last weekend. If Austin had Brugman, you're talking about a completely different team to me. Yeah. See, see, I think Austin misses that guy. A guy that's literally the width of the 18. Anything that comes near him, he's winning the ball. He's destroying anything there, but he's good enough to then progress possession, play it forward, get it moving the way Josh Wolf wants. They're missing that type of player. If you don't have that, then for me, Owen Wolf, give, the, the pluses and minuses, Owen Wolf right now, there's higher pluses than there are with Valencia. The debate will be, this is going to be the first time Owen Wolf's playing a ton, right? And so you throw a national team camp in the middle of it. Sometimes it gives play players a little bit of an easy feeling coming back into it. And listen, his dad's the coach. He's going to understand Owen at his finest, right? But, but the truth of the matter is I've seen this, where players go way to the 20s, come back. It's just a lot. They need to learn that transition and, and uh, it's honestly a routine of how you get yourself back into it. But Jeremiah, I think if push comes to shove, I think I'm going Owen Wolf because I think the pluses are higher than with Valencia, particularly getting the ball forward. So you stick with the Wolf DNA, both both metaphorically yeah. and literally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, I yeah, I think we're we're good on the LAFC game, Jeremiah. I think there's one other thing we wanted to mention or ask Taylor about. Yeah, so we're, we're just kind of reading reading up on you, and I, I'm super interested in the Think Taylor Foundation, and I want to give you a chance to talk mm -hmm. about that a little bit, and your passion for it, and maybe what folks can do if they if they hear your story, they're interested. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys mentioning it. Um, for those of you that don't know, my career, I was in the prime of my career, I was 28, I got a nasty concussion, and about eight weeks later, my career was over. I missed the 2010 World Cup. Um, there was a $4 million offer for me to go to Preston North end, which at the time was the second team in the championship. And so it was really, really difficult for me to understand at 28, the thing's over. Um, selfishly, I started thinktaylor.org to help myself. I needed to take the mind, my mind off of myself and my struggles and help people. And I was the reigning MVP or MVP in MLS at the time. And if I wasn't getting the right treatment, what was everyone else getting? So basically what thinktaylor.org is, is education and awareness. We're changing the, the, the public perception of traumatic brain injuries in sports. I want sports to continue. That I, I don't want sports to go away, but we need to evolve. And so the last two or three years, we've had over 8 million, 6 million kids, excuse me, in U.S. soccer and the different entities around that take the Think Taylor Pledge. You can go to thinktaylor.org. 100% of the funds go to education and awareness tools. Um, and I, I'm just trying to make a, a positive out of a negative. So I appreciate you guys asking. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've always um, always appreciated you taking time on on national broadcasts whenever you get a chance to to say something about about this cause that's really important to you and I think is important in sports. Jeremiah and, Jeremiah and I both grew up playing high school football. And so like, and, and right. I, have a, I have a 13 year old <laughs> playing high school football. So I'm very interested in this right now. It's like the parent of a student it, athlete. 
And you guys, like the education back then when you and I were, we were playing in high school, we didn't know, you know, smelling salts get back in. But now with education, why not make better decisions? I'm not saying get rid of sports. I've never said that. But it doesn't mean we have to head the ball a thousand times before we're 14. We don't have to do that. And tackle football before 13, in my opinion, there's no place for it. You can still play football. We can still figure it out. So I just hope we use the tools and the resources and we're not dumb enough and naive enough to not use the education that's around us to make better decisions and to help the future of our kids. All right. Well, Taylor, you'll, we'll be on the broadcast with Jake Zivin this Saturday with uh, LEFC versus Austin FC. We've really enjoyed the Apple TV content so far. Can't wait to see where it goes in the future. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Thanks guys. Sorry. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Moon Tower Soccer is also brought to you by Covert Auto Group. Covert Auto Group has been meeting the needs of local car buyers for 114 years. And I looked this up. We, we thought Henry Ford might have been delivering Model T's in 1909 when they started. And the Model T was released in 1908, the 1909 model year, so that it indeed may have been what he brought to town. So they lead with service, financial expertise, and support after the sale. In addition to supporting car buyers, Covert's an important part of the soccer community. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, be sure to check out CovertAuto.com. And Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by Sage Wilson Realty, who will again be giving away two tickets to an upcoming match. So be sure to check out the show notes, fill out the form, and enter for your chance to win. This is made possible by Sage Wilson Realty. So if you or someone you know are in need of Sage real estate advice in Austin, you should talk to our friends at Sage Wilson Realty. You can find them online at sagewilson.com. All right. We are thrilled to be joined by Austin FC goalkeeper, Brad Stuver. Brad, thanks so much for joining us, man. This is great. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, we've had you on the last two years. The first time we, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if we've told you this story. We've, we've told it on air before, but I don't know if we've told you this story, but you were the first player that we ever interviewed on our show. And the okay. reason we asked for you is because the big ice storm had just happened. <laughs> And you were like already getting involved in the community, which we didn't know yet that that was kind of going to be your thing going <laughs> forward. But it was like, okay, it's a player who's doing like philanthropic stuff. Um, so it'll look good for the team to to have him getting his face out there. And also he's, he's like probably the backup goalkeeper. So uh, it's not like a big ask for the club to do that. That's <laughs> so true. Yeah. We, we That's always a good like, way of looking at it. To be we fair. always like to joke that we, we, I think we probably said it not to you on the interview, but leading up to the interview, like, okay, we're going to have backup goalkeeper Brad Stuver on the show again. And so that's just kind of become a running joke between me and Jeremiah that <laughs> every year we need to have backup goalkeeper Brad Stuver on. So we're, Love we're it. thrilled to have you on again. Love it. Uh, so I know that you had just moved to town during that first ice storm. And then I heard that you guys didn't fare super well during this most recent one. What was that like? For yeah, you we even, we moved different parts of the city and we got hit <laughs> again. So, <laughs> uh, different storm, different issues, but yeah. So, I mean, during the 2021 storm, we had, I think it was four days, no power, two days, no water. And then in this year, we were six days, no power. So yeah, that was, it was a good time. <laughs> oh yeah. 
y'all were super excited on Twitter about it too, if I remember right. I kind of I'd forgotten about that, but I was following along with Ashley on the uh, the regular yeah, we updates were, on how it was going. It was more just a way for us to vent our frustration and try and find out any information whatsoever. I felt like during both, we just weren't getting very much information about what was going on. So it was very difficult to like sit there in the cold and not know. I, I guess this year it wasn't like actually as cold. So it wasn't as bad. I don't know. I don't know. It's all bad. Y'all ended up somewhere uh, warm with electricity at some point though. Yeah, we were very fortunate. We were able to like we were able to utilize some of our friends' places that had power. We were fortunate enough to uh hit up a hotel for a few nights. So uh we were definitely in a much better position than a lot of folks. So um, but we just wanted to make sure that we used our platform to at least shine a light on what was going on and try and get answers for other people that might not have the access. So we're going to ask most of the questions today are going to come from our Patreon subscribers. And then we have some questions from another group that we'll reveal a little bit later on okay. uh, in the interview, but we're, we'll, we'll just jump right into that and kind of base, we'll kind of, we can go off on rabbit trails as we need to, or as conversation <laughs> carries us there, but we'll, we'll use the questions as kind of the basis here. So first one comes from Logan Jones. He asks, what is your favorite keeper kit that you've ever played in? <laughs> um that I've ever played in. And a, a, a companion question here is from Jessica Luther. And she asks uh, what you think of the Malibu Barbie slash Easter egg kit this year. Yeah, I know the Malibu stew kit is <laughs> well, well received by many. It is not my favorite. I do not like the, the jumble of four different colors. Yeah. Jersey. <laughs> um, but I will say it's still undefeated even through the Austin FC two team. So it's going to keep being used. Um, I mean, I like the black that we have this year. Obviously I probably won't get to use that very much just because other teams wear dark colors and we have the black on our home kit. Um, but I think my favorite one I ever wore was actually a pink one in college. Uh, it was all pink. It didn't have any purple whatsoever. It was pink and white. So it was all monotone. But it was my favorite just because that was the kit that we uh, we beat Akron in. So it just has really good memory with it. It's got it's got a lot of value. Do you still have one around somewhere? Uh, I'm pretty sure I have that pink jersey. I think it's in my parents' basement somewhere. So, uh, another part of Jessica's question, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm not sure. Is Do you have any say in which kit you wear in a given game? Or is it all just decided by like the two teams jerseys and availability of color matching and all that there's a lot of logistics that go into the colors uh we submit to the league like what our preferences are for colors and then the league kind of goes through each uh each game day and kind of figures out what each team is going to wear and then what the keepers are going to wear and i I wouldn't want to be a person that has to go through every game and do that because then they have to do the refs as well so um yeah there's a whole bunch of logistics but I just, they tell me what I'm wearing on game day and I just wear it. It, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to go with our next one. It's, uh, it's from Mike Johns. Uh, says you've inspired a lot of kids to try out goalkeeping, including mine. What's something you wish you'd know when you're getting started? And what advice do you have for parents and young keepers? I'm sorry that your children are going to become goalkeepers. Uh, <laughs> um, it is probably the most stressful position on the field 
to be a spectator of. Uh, you can ask my parents about that one. Uh, but it is very cool to see uh, kids kind of put themselves in goal. Cause I remember kind of growing up that no one ever wanted to be in goal because they wanted to be the one to score the goals. Cause that's where like everyone thought like all the action was and kind of the, like the fame and the glory comes from being the one that scores the goals. But um, I'm very much into the idea that you can be the unsung hero or the guy that just kind of um, does their thing and, kind of unassumingly. So I love that more and more people want to be goalkeepers, but we are all crazy. So I am sorry. Did did they put, did, were you tall as a kid? Is that how you got pushed toward it? Or did you just decide that that was what you wanted to do? Or like, how, how did, how did that become your position? Um, so I played field and goalkeeper growing up. I kind of did both, but I kind of leaned toward goalkeeper. And the only reason I started playing goalkeeper was because when I played with my brother and his friends, they would always just stick me in goal um, they wouldn't let me play with them unless I was the goalkeeper. And then when I started playing like travel and club and anytime they're like, Oh yeah, we need a goalkeeper. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go in. Like my brother puts me in there anyway, might as well try it out. So, um, I was also a catcher in baseball. So there's probably a correlation there with something craziness and stop, stop balls. balls. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Uh, your uh, we got to meet your parents the other day at the laundry project supply drop off, and one thing your your mom was saying was that a lot of people would talk about like how exciting penalty kick shootouts were, <laughs> and she she was saying that they were at the RSL game, the playoff game last year, and that she was felt like she was about to die. So I imagine that's part of the apologies for uh, for any <laughs> parents whose kids are going into your profession. Yeah. I mean, if you want to know anything about being a, a goalkeeper parent, you can just ask how many bottles of Tums they go through in any given season. <laughs> Pretty sure they went through an entire bottle during that RSL game. So so uh, Adam Houghton wants to know if you've picked up any finish uh, with your current backline pairing. No, I have not. But uh, one thing that we do have here at the facility, we have a like a dry erase whiteboard in the uh in the training room and every week we kind of put like a phrase of the week with a word and it started with just english and spanish and then we had musa come to town so we added french in there uh sofian still speaks french so it's still up there but now we have guys that so like ring speaks swedish with adam and leo kind of understands swedish so they've started doing swedish as well um (laughs) So now it, we just keep adding different uh, languages to this board. So we have like the word of the week within the sentence of the week. So no finish yet, but definitely a lot more languages. Well, if, if we keep rolling with the center back pairing that you've been seeing lately, you might start to pick up, pick up some of it. Do, do you feel a little hard done by that you were like maybe just starting to learn a bit more Spanish and now you're not getting to hear it as much? No, it's okay. I mean... <laughs> Julio will get healthy and he'll find his way back. And I mean, enough guys in our locker room speak Spanish and my 276 day streak on Duolingo is not useless. So what, what's your streak, Jeremiah? Uh, 485 right now. So we're, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big effort. Yeah. You got me beat. Have a really complex conversation about cats and apples and stuff like that. Exactly. 
Yo quiero manzanas. <laughs> that, that's that's it. That was like the whole first two weeks. Yeah, um, yeah I feel like that's still where I'm at. <laughs> oh, so your so your parents were in town all weekend um, and went out to the uh, the ATXFC two match with you. Like, how was that experience? And then, I mean, there was a lot of first team guys out there. Like, just talk about just going out to that game and kind of what it was like for you all to get to cheer on the second team. Yeah, it was very cool. I was really excited to um, see a lot of the first team guys show up and watch. And I know we had a lot of staff there as well. So um, it was just kind of, it was very cool to be a spectator and just kind of see kind of how awesome the fans were. Uh, I mean, I went up top in the stands. So I was at the very top looking down on everything. And uh, I mean, it was just, it was very cool to see how many people turned up to watch the game and um, to see that energy kind of get translated onto the field to the guys playing. Um, you could definitely tell that they just had this swagger about them because they knew that they had so many people there cheering them on. And um, I don't think they're going to get that too many other places in that league. So I'm glad that Austin continues to show up and show why we are a soccer city. Damien lost made a really big save just right at the end of that game the other night. Did, did you feel like a sense of pride? Like, like that's my boy, like, or like what, what is the relationship between, I guess that's one of the questions Ryan Brackenridge wanted to ask, like, what is the relationship between you and those younger guys like Damien? Yeah. I mean, we always say it's a goalkeeper union, right? Um, it's always an interesting balance for goalkeepers at this level because you have three or four on the roster normally one plays for the first team and the other three or or two or three want to take that spot. So it's kind of this delicate balance of you work together so much. So you have to have a really good working relationship, but then it's also a continuous competition throughout the years and throughout the training session. So um, there is a bit of pride when I watch Damien because I I know where he started when he got here with us last year and I've seen how far he's come and kind of see him go out, do his thing and um, do extremely well. I was extremely proud of him and very happy um, that he did that. And um, anytime that our goalkeeper core shows up and does well, I'm going to be super excited because that's a testament to just like the, the level that we hold ourselves as a group. And I'll always be super excited and rooting on all of our goalkeepers, whether it's first team, second team, academy, doesn't matter. There's also a little part of you that's like, don't do too good. Well, I'll just <laughs> I'll just make I'll find a way to make sure that I remind them that I'm I'm still here. The boss. I'm still gonna be I'm still gonna be <laughs> the one that's gonna be out there on game day. So I mean it does push you a little bit to just make sure that you're on your on your toes and ready to uh, answer the bell when it happens. One thing when when I was out there I noticed that there's quite a few like academy age players who are technically associated with the the second team but didn't get very few made the bench on that night and none of them played really what is that transition like we talked about on on last week's show how that must be like a really good life lesson for those kids stepping into this team where it's like this is these guys jobs and you're not just coming for for their position you're coming for their livelihood yeah, it's a it's a very big mental switch up. Uh, I mean, I think coming from academy, you have this little sense that your roster size is only so big. Um, you play a lot of games in a short amount of time. So a lot of guys get a lot of minutes. Um, and then when you step into these professional ranks, 
trainings are a little bit more intense, games are a little bit more spread out. So all of a sudden, like you said, there's this idea that this is our life, this is our job. And if someone is coming to take your job away, you're going to do everything you can to fight to to keep that way of life. So I think it's really good for like Micah, Anthony, Spencer, these guys to kind of flip the switch and kind of see that mentality because as much as Academy is like competitive and whatnot, it's still, it's still kind of fun because it's Academy and you go to school and then you have practice with your friends and then you compete and you try and win things. But uh, when it's your job, when you're living it 24 seven, there's just this, uh, this added element where it's like, okay, if you're not doing well enough, you never know what's going to happen the next game or the next year or the next season. Um, so it really, uh, I think it's good for them just to see how much competition goes on in training and how that can affect you throughout the year and how you respond to it. Yeah, our next question here is from Elise. How aware are y'all, and I think you or any players, of like all, all the fan and pundit, com- like all the online conversation? Like, do you pay attention to that? Do you try to avoid that? Uh, oh, and do you listen to Moon Tower Soccer? That's the second part of the question. <laughs> I swear I didn't write that, though. My parents listen to Moon Tower Soccer. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, no, so I'll say the majority of the older guys, those of us that have been around it for so long, um, I think we try and have a level of detachment from the online world and kind of the outside narratives that are going on. Uh, I think some of the younger guys get wrapped up into the social media and um, definitely probably read too much and probably listen to some things that uh, are put out. I love that we have so much like fan driven media podcasts, opinions and all that type of stuff. Um, I think it's great to um, grow the audience of what we're doing and it gives everyone kind of a voice of what the team is supposed to be about. Uh, my thing is sometimes when I see comments or listen to things, I just get this sense that I don't think too many people understand what really goes on inside of a locker room because at the end of the day, this is our job. We are trying to win trophies when we lose or when we tie, we're the most pissed off out of everybody. Like I understand there are fan reactions and there's negativity and um, there's ways that people think we should be playing and all this type of stuff. But when it comes down to it, the, the honest conversations and the criticism that goes on in our locker room will always trump anything that goes on on social media. Like there is, there's nothing that we haven't heard before. There's nothing that we haven't told to each other or held ourselves accountable. Um, so for me, like there's a healthy level of detachment from online because there's already enough talk and instructive criticism and um, just kind of ways to figure out what we're doing and how to fix things and what we need to be doing, how we need to be doing it. Like it is our job. We don't just go out and kick a soccer ball. There is a lot that goes into this. So our next question is from Brian Hensley and let us know if this is too personal. Don't feel like you have to give all the details here, but I know Brian sits over on the North end and you kind of have this ritual at the beginning of each half where you'll, you're, you'll like face into the goal and yep. just kind of have like a moment to yourself. Do you feel comfortable sharing with us what that is for you? Yeah. So, um, I got in the habit, I think 
in college, I started getting in the habit of that. Um, and I just touch each post and then I go stand in the middle of the goal and I just, um, I stand there and I take a minute to kind of, kind of center myself, kind of remind myself what I need to do in that game. Um, and then I just, there's one super personal moment that I've added to the routine. Uh, in 2020, I lost my grandfather. Um, he had a long battle with cancer and it finally just caught up with him. And, uh, we lost him in, uh, February, late February, early March of 2020. And he never really got to see me become a starter as a professional. And, uh, he lived in like him and my grandma lived in my parents' house from the time I was six. So before every game, I just, uh, I just hope that he's out there somewhere watching and like he's always with me. I wear his initials on the wrist of my glove. Um, so like I make sure to center myself and then I make sure that, uh, he's watching and hopefully he's got like a front row seat there in the North end and the South end. So. That's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he would be very proud of you. Yeah. I don't, yeah, that's, that's humbling. Thank you for sharing that with us. It's kind of humbling. And now I don't know how to follow up with like another dumb question. <laughs> we have. Oh, you can go straight into another dumb question. And good. That way I don't got to think about it. All right. No, that's actually not. This, this is uh, from Alex Rubio. He, he's one of the photographers that you see. Some, he's huge. If you see a huge guy with a camera, it's going to be Alex Rubio. <laughs> um, and he wants to know like when you retire, do you have plans to like stay in the game and coach? Or are you going to go do something else completely? Or have you even thought about that? Uh, we think about it all the time. Uh, we know that our professional careers are a finite amount of time and uh, we never know when it could end. I mean, one injury and your career can be over or you can become extremely lucky and keep playing for as long as you can. And so um, there's always thought about what goes on after the game. Uh, I'm not quite sure where I'm going to fall. Uh, I don't think I'm going to coach. Um, I think I promised Ashley a while ago that I've already sacrificed enough of our time with preseasons and travel and just the amount of time it takes to like be a pro soccer player. And I've also promised her that we can choose a place to settle down and actually live for a long time. And you don't really know when you're a coach, you're going to be bouncing around from team to team. So um, all I know is whenever I'm done, we'll, we'll pick a place where we feel that is our home and uh, we'll build a life whether that's adjacent to soccer with soccer, we'll find out. Okay. Now I'll ask a dumb question. Uh, this, I think we've asked you a similar one in the past. I think we asked who would, who you, which teammate you would pick as a partner in the amazing race. This one comes from ATX Bergkamp lover. And they want to know if you could pick any teammate to start, start with in a buddy cop style movie, who would you choose and why? A buddy cop style movie. Someone to get into hijinks with and solve crimes. Yeah. Like I'm going through like the Will Ferrell and what was, was Mark, it Mark, Mark Wahlberg? Wahlberg? <laughs> the best cop. And then I'm thinking 21 Jump Street with Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. Beverly Hills Cop. Wow. <laughs> Who would you pair him with, Jeremiah? Brad? I don't know. Do you want to be Channing Tatum or Jonah Hill in this, this situation? <laughs> I guess that's 
depends on if it's 21 or 22 Jump Street. Let me know. <laughs> um, no, I'd probably go Pereira. I feel like the the age gap and he's just a loose cannon as it is. So I think I'm going to go with him. Yeah, that's, I think that, that's the perfect answer, actually. <laughs> I feel like we're a little bit opposite when it comes to like personalities. And uh, I just think it would be uh, I think it would be him. Yeah, yeah I think after I saw you, saw you guys at the four uh, ATX deal, like do your little bit. I was like, these guys should have a show together. <laughs> like that was that was really good. Well, he always makes fun of me for being old, and I just make fun of him for being young. So it's a nice he's, little combo. He's the loose cannon kid with good instincts, and you're you're one day away from retirement and too old exactly. for this stuff. Exactly, <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, this one is from Neil ATX, and. Uh, he he asked several things just about kind of like locker room dynamic. I know 2021 was really tough. Last year was uh, a really good season, and y'all kind of had like that underdog mentality. The he says the laminating underdogs, and then coming into this season with kind of a rough start. Like how like what do you guys do to kind of keep locker room atmosphere positive like is that a hard thing to do from year to year or were you guys strengthened from 2021 what does that all look like i think we were strengthened from 2021 and i think we were strengthened from last year as well um i do keep kind of falling back into this like i I try and keep perspective um last year at this point we only had one more point than we do right now so we're not far off like the number of points that we had obviously we are we're disappointed with the champions league and we are disappointed with some of the performances that we put on. Like last year, we had a really hot start where we had 10 goals in two games. So some of the narration behind that was like, Oh, well they scored 10 goals, but then in the next three games, it wasn't the same. Um, obviously there are things that we want to make better and there are things and standards that we hold ourselves to, especially after such a good year last year. Um, but the mood in the locker room is still together. I'll say like, we're still frustrated and I, I appreciate that we're frustrated because even though we're still in a playoff spot, we're one point off what we did last year. We still have this sense of frustration because we know we can be so much better and we can be near the top of the table. So I actually really love that. And I love that we're not just content being middle of the table. And that means you care, right? Right. And it means that this group just has such high expectations for ourselves based on what we did last year. It's not just like, oh, we're in a playoff spot. We're okay. We'll keep grinding this out. It's like, no, we want to be on top of the league and pushing for supporter shield. So I really love that this locker room is like that because there are some times where it's like you come off of a good year you're on cruise control and you're just like okay we're good as long as we make playoffs we'll be okay but this group is very different and very hungry and really wants to put in good performances so the frustration that we have is just because of the expectations that we put on ourselves not that anybody else is putting but the expectations that we have amongst ourselves in the locker room Let's let's go to your. This is one's from Kathy. This is about post game. I think you, every game, win, lose, or draw, take a walk around the stadium and sort of acknowledge the fans. Like, is that? Why do you do that? Um, I, I try and make sure 
that no matter what my feelings are from the game, uh, I try and put those aside for those two, three minutes that it takes to walk around the field because I know everyone in the stadium feels the same way that I do. Um, I am able to compartmentalize that and I am able to put that aside for those small little minutes, no matter what, to make that walk around. Um, I know that there are some players that have a stronger emotional reaction, whether they're, uh, they're angry with the way they played, they're angry at the result, they're angry for whatever reason. Um, I do know that different players respond to those things different ways. And sometimes they go straight into the locker room and I'll walk in and bottles are thrown, things are broken. Guys are just sitting there with Jersey over their head. Um, so there's a lot of emotion that goes on after the game. And, um, we try and be very cognizant of the fact that the fans are also there with us for the 90 plus minutes that we're out there. And we want to show them the support that they show us all game, but, um, the emotions that go into the game. And sometimes they just kind of boil over in that moment. And, um, the best way for us to show our gratitude to the fans is by winning games. So, and I mean, that's kind of, that's our main goal is just to get the results because those results are for the fans and for the club, for us. So when we don't do that, it's like we let ourselves down. We let the fans down. We let the city down. So, um, yeah, just, just a lot of emotion that goes on in those couple minutes there. Jeremiah, do we, do you want to do one more of the Patreon questions or should we move on to our second category? Well, let's, I actually have, I want to go back to something that's, that's not on the list. Like I was thinking about RSL, uh, you know, and that being like super dramatic, like there's this awesome like photo and video clip of you kind of turning around at the South end with your teammates about to swarm you. Like talk us through that moment. Uh, I blacked out. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, so you didn't choose to stand in that stream of light then. Didn't even know there was a light stream there, to be honest with you. I just dove that way. And when I stood up, I was trying to get outside of the post so I could look up and see everything that was going on. Um, but yeah, Jacob, our photographer, came up clutch with that photo. Uh, he was actually amazing and got it printed for me. And I have it hanging up in my little Austin FC game room in our house. Uh, but yeah. I mean, that moment in general just kind of blacked out big sigh of relief that we were able to get our first win at home in the playoffs. So um, very exciting and nerve wracking all at the same time. I tell everybody that that was before that game was the most nervous I had ever been before any soccer game ever. So. All right, now let's move on to the second category. We told you these are from a different group of people. This is from the Handsome Boys Modeling Football Club, which is- I figured that's where it was coming yeah. when you didn't say it. At the very <laughs> so this is a, a, a channel and a, a group and almost like a way of life for, for certain members of Los Verdes. And I know so, very well. <laughs> they, they gave you like a, a championship belt of some sort, right? It, or like some kind of prize at the- uh... Was it the fundraiser to last year at Hop Squad? I thought you got some kind of award or something for that group. Oh yeah, they gave. I think it was like humanitarian or something. But yeah, yeah. that's that's with the Four ATX Legends of the Year award as well. But the the handsome boys have given me plenty of merchandise with the the Peach logo. So 
All right. The first one from them comes from Rico. Uh, he asks, how long does it take you to do your hair? And what's the difference in a non-game and game day hair routines? I know you're not going to tell us what product you use because you've been asked before and have, have declined to answer. But yeah, can you Rico tell us about, about the process? trying to get that answer. <laughs> um, I don't, and we've got an in with your barber and they're also very good about like not revealing that. Like we have a well, friend who don't. gets their hair cut from the same place. He doesn't know what product I use. <laughs> I don't tell him. <laughs> Uh, when I get my haircut, he puts his product in there, but I don't go anywhere after that. So, um, I forget the first part of the question because I'm guarding my, how long does it take you? Oh, it doesn't take me very long. It takes me like four minutes probably to do my hair. Um, but yeah, I have a game day and training day product that I use so that my hair does not move because I have pictures early in my career where it was just kind of flopping all over the place in games. And I, it looks stupid. Um, and Not then with I Jacob have, standing around ready to take pictures of you all the time. And then I have my everyday, uh, I guess it's pomade that I'll, I can, I can give the everyday. I don't, I don't care about that one. <laughs> it's just like a pomade cream that I put in and it has pretty good hold, but it's also movable and it's not crunchy. So that's all he's getting. Um, so the next one is from Pedro Berlanga, who is a fellow Southsider like you and I. Without doxing yourself and giving away too many too many details, what are some of your favorite South Austin spots? Um, so let's see. We go to Loro on South Lamar. We go to Picnic on South First. Um, Thai Fresh on, I think it's Mary Street. Thai Fresh is good stuff. Honestly, I, I can keep naming places, but I mean, <laughs> there's just so much good food. Maudi's, we go to Maudi's Hacienda on Slaughter. So, all good spots. Any non food things in South Austin that, that are some of your favorites? Um, I mean, we do coffee a lot, but there's about a hundred coffee shops in South Austin. So take your pick where you want to go. Yeah. Um, I got one from Harley that is, what is the most creative heckle you've heard from an opposing fan in a match? Mm, I think it'll be Nashville in 2021. They somehow were able to get the entire supporter section to yell you skip leg day making fun of how skinny <laughs> my legs are um i think that was by far probably one of my favorite ones that i've heard like a lot of times it's just like profanity and you suck and all this but when they come up with something clever like that i was like oh you know what that's actually pretty good and then minnesota fans are they are also pretty good they came up with all this harry potter stuff they found out that i was a big harry potter guy and they were like chanting different uh like harry potter spells to like give up goals it was actually <laughs> it was pretty clever i was going to ask you about minnesota because i went to that that very first game in 21 we went to that away match and the black heart is a is a bar there next to the stadium and on their like their letter board out in front they had some harry potter reference like taunting you specifically <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know what it was but one of their like supporters caught me after the game and was like, yeah, like 
we do our research on the opposing goalkeeper and we try and find things to like heckle them about the week leading up to the game. And then during the game, we use it. I was like, that is extremely clever and a lot of work, but I, I was like dying laughing. I was like, this is fantastic that you guys are making fun of me because of Harry Potter, but it's great. Okay. One more. And this is the most handsome boys modeling football club question. This one comes from Jesse Sosa, the creator of, of the, the Malibu stew cutout that was given to your parents the other day, I believe yeah. his question is what are your top two favorite stretches to do? And can you describe them in detail? <laughs> I was hoping you were going to ask that one. I was just looking at it. <laughs> oh, I love Jesse. Um, I don't even know. I know what he wants me to say. <laughs> give just the people the, what they want yeah i was gonna say the one stretch that is always part of the pregame routine is the hip flexor hamstring stretch where i'm <laughs> on one knee with the other leg straight out in front of me hand over my head so yeah i'll i'll just say that one <laughs> it's the one that hits the most muscles in the least about a movement so all right. We have wasted enough of your time, Brad. Uh, <laughs> before we wrap up, uh, we want to give you a little bit of space to talk about your work with both Equality Texas and with the Laundry Project. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. We'll start with, I guess we'll start with Equality Texas because we are in a Texas legislative session. Um, there are 140 anti-LGBTQIA plus bills up for discussion in the Texas legislative session right now. Um, some will not have hearings, but um, if you follow me on social media, I will be posting about different bills. And if you feel so inclined, you can go to the Capitol. The easiest way to support um, kind of Equality Texas and the work they are doing is to drop a card. Uh, while these hearings are in session, you basically just go to the um, the Texas State Capitol, you get on their, their free public Wi-Fi, and then you just register your stance on any specific bill by going to their website. Um, yesterday, we had a, uh, a spur-of-the-moment rally where hundreds of people showed up to the Capitol to register their opinions against one of the anti-trans bills. And we had over 2000 people show up to the Capitol to wow. oppose the bill, which is an amazing, amazing feat in comparison to the 60 people that dropped cards for the bill. Um, so really it's just right now, if you want to support the LGBTQI plus community, just kind of showing up to the Capitol whenever you can and dropping cards to oppose some of these bad bills. And on the reverse side, there's about 150 good bills um, that you can register for as well. And then for a laundry project, we just had our donation drive at Hop Squad. Thank you to the Fighting Leslie's who brought in about $1,000 worth of laundry supplies. Um, and thank you to all the other supporters groups for coming out. Um, I'm pretty sure we're set on laundry supplies for both of our project dates this year. Um, and our first project date is on April 16th. We will have four different locations in Austin. And I think the only thing we have left to do is just garner volunteers. I know it will be a very quick sell, but uh, we'll have volunteer sign up sheets going out probably within the next week or two. 
All right, perfect. Well, I know we and all Austin FC fans really appreciate everything that you and Ashley do in the community. So uh, hopefully, I know it's a bye week this week. Hopefully you're able to get the rest that you need and the prep for the next game and good luck with the rest of the season. Well, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again. Thanks, Brad. All right. We want to thank Taylor and Brad Stuver one more time for joining us. I still can't believe we had both of them on the same show. Uh, yeah, we've said it a couple of times. It's Stuver week here on the channel. If you have not listened to it yet, go back and listen to Ron and Leanne Stuver, Brad's parents on Swoon Tower Soccer. It was an absolute delight to listen to. It was a delight to meet Ron and Leanne at the Laundry Project um, pickup center the other day. Like they're they're great people. You understand why Brad is so so good and kind and wholesome and and cool by meeting these two people. So definitely check that out. Before we wrap up, we'd like to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We've been talking the last couple of episodes about how we are going to match reviews with donations to the Laundry Project. Jeremiah, do you want to give us an update on on how we did? Yeah, so we got sixteen reviews, which is really good over the course of two shows. That's it would be $80 for the Laundry Project. We're going to run up to $100, so we will provide $100 to the Laundry Project. Um, and I had a review that I wanted to talk about that I th- felt like was good and sort of ex- uh, representative of all. This is from Adhesive Jellyfish, which said, Landon and Jeremiah do an excellent job breaking down roster moves, games, and match previews for Austin FC. Very accessible to newbies without being too dumb for the nerds, which I feel like is exactly the lane that we're trying to sit in the middle of. And we should make that our tagline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, we may have to redo the scarf and, and go with that one. <laughs> I do take issue with a bleep out every semblance of swear words, which makes me assume they're raised in West Texas cults. Like I don't. Yeah, yeah. Jeremiah was raised in a North Texas cult. Exactly. We're not both from West Texas cults, <laughs> but we appreciate all the reviews. They were super fun to read. I love that everybody like wrote something that was a little bit personalized, and you're not just like good job or whatever. Yeah, adhesive jellyfish. Adhesive jellyfish will be contacting your people about using that line on future uh, promotional materials. <laughs> Um, if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can find us on Twitter at LVHero87 and jbentley underscore ATX, and then at Moon Tower Soccer on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We're going to be posting both of this week's interviews on YouTube a little bit later in the week. We'd also encourage you to visit the Striker website where you can get the 30% discount with the code MoonTower23 with a capital M. Uh, Jeremiah, what can folks look out for this week? Yeah, this week we had the this past week we had the chance to do some Friday letters with Phil West. We oh, got yeah. To- do a little writing, answer a bunch of questions from from readers. Some of, I think they were, none of which we address on the show. So if you want to find some like bonus opinions from us, like be sure and check out the striker and and read them there. Yeah, and then before we finish, we encourage you one more time uh, to check out the Patreon. Look at the the cool new rewards we're going to be sending out this year. If you have a few extra extra bucks, we would greatly appreciate the support. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back next week to review the LAFC game and then preview the following game, which is going to be against Vancouver. And then we'll cover any other news that comes up. Until then, I'm Landon Cotto. I'm Jeremiah Bentley. We'll catch you next time. When no one is around. Think for nothing, you never. La gente. Oh my god.